Hello there. It's Most Things Kenobi. This is the podcast you're looking for. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week is the final installment of the Mortis arc. We are going to break down the, what I think is the best of the three episodes. <laughs> the episode is titled Ghosts of Mortis. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ghosts of, what do they mean by ghosts of Mortis? Future ghosts? Past ghosts? Current? I'm still not sure. After watching this, I'm still not sure. <laughs> I mean, here we go again. Three episodes to this arc and three episodes of us asking questions that don't have any answers. <laughs> Seriously, it is so fucking convoluted. It's so crazy, but it's so good. Oh my it's God. It's so good. But before we go any further, you know the drill. Yes. Major, major spoiler alerts ahead. If you have not seen the Mortis arc, you don't know anything about Clone Wars and you have not listened to the previous two weeks worth of episodes of the previous two episodes within this arc. Stop, go watch, go listen, and come back. It's yes. for your own good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, we're, this is, we get real detailed. Yeah, we're not holding back, so protect yeah, yourself. Protect yourself. Use protection. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Okay. <laughs> It's the motto of Star Wars, the unofficial motto of Star Wars. What? The unofficial motto of Star Wars? Is use protection always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not may the force be with you always. Use protection always. I suppose a lot could have been prevented in Star Wars if Anakin and Padme had... Okay, we don't... That's not... That doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> Actually... Padme shows up in this episode in a way. Yeah, for a moment. Yeah, we'll get to that scene. That's my favorite scene in all of Clone Wars. We'll get to it. I'm jumping yeah. ahead already as I do. Let's start with the quote, the lesson. You know how every Clone Wars episode starts with a quote? Yeah. Or like a, a little moral lesson or a little moral tidbit. Mm -hmm. I really like this one. Because it's not only applicable to our characters of Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. Mainly Anakin. It's applicable to the goddamn father. Oh, everyone even. The everyone. The sister, even. the brother. Yes. The son is... Yeah. So the quote is, He who seeks to control fate shall never find peace. And I mean, that's true. That's like a Buddhist thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta let go. And the, the more you let go, the actual more control you have, really. Right. Because you're not letting anyone control you. And that's the greatest form of control ever. But in this respect, the father, as we've seen over the past two episodes, has tried desperately to control everything. And he lost his daughter in the process and complete control over his family and the planet. Yeah. And he says to his daughter when he's burying her, he said... Um... I'm an old fool who believes he could control the future. Yeah. Did he Did he mean Anakin by having him replace him? I, that's what I was wondering. It's like it could mean Anakin. It could mean just trying to save 
the galaxy from the possible turmoil that his son could wreak across the they get who knows what it means but i know even after he said this and is aware of it and like has seen the destruction that it causes he still keeps interfering with fate over and over throughout the entire episode the entire episode and he never learns until the very end like Mm -hmm. it's just he is a damn fool it's so tragic and and obi-wan calls him out yeah i know i love i love obi-wan's we'll get to that because that's that's i love all of that so their ship is broken Mm -hmm. you know because of what happened in the last episode and they can't get out ahsoka's trying to fix it and I love Ahsoka dressed like with the mechanic goggles and Me everything. Too. I she's love it. She's super cute. And the fact that she says, well, do you want the bad news or the really bad news? And Obi-Wan's like, bad news waste, laced with a little optimism. You know, like. <laughs> what? He's so, at this point, he's had enough and he wants to go home. Yeah. Yeah. You see that a few times in the episode where he is like, Obi-Wan is getting pissed. And you don't see that very often. And he, like, for him, loses his temper. (laughs) Yeah, like, Ahsoka, can you please just do what I ask you to do? And she's like, sure. You know, it's like he's the one that's tense and losing it. And she's like, okay, okay, boss. You know, like, she's she's cool. He's watched her die and then resurrected, brought back to life. And now Anakin is at risk. And he's just like... I even wrote down, he shouted twice in this episode, just do what I say. (laughs) Yes, because at this point, all he wants anyone to do is what he says. Because nobody is. No one's listening. (laughs) No. (laughs) Everyone's just doing their own shit and making things worse. (laughs) He just didn't want it. He just wanted to get out of there in the first episode of this arc. And he's still there. (laughs) He's no closer to leaving. He doesn't trust any of these people, this family. He's trying to hold his shit together. He's trying to hold Anakin's shit together. And Ahsoka just died and came back to life. Like, he's on his last nerve. Yeah. Still looks good. (laughs) Looks fucking fantastic. Although, I take slight personal offense to his snarky weather comment. (laughs) <laughs> about the, getting a little tired of the weather. Yeah, if you know out there, you know. Most people don't, but <laughs> I took personal offense to that. But <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get uh, it. On top of everything, he now has to deal with rain. I get it. Well, okay, but there's even, right, Ahsoka gives them the breakdown of like, well, I could do this and this to the ship, but I still can't guarantee she's going to hold together. And Obi-Wan says, it's worth the risk. We're getting out of here. Like, he'd yeah. rather blow up in an unworthy sh- or a, an unreliable ship than stay on this planet. Stay. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Yeah. He's officially done. And He's and, reached and the max. The best part is when the father shows up after he talks to Anakin. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just... First of all, the how creepy is the father that he just shows up at their <laughs> ship and Obi-Wan's like, what are you doing here? I know. Well, I have a whole, I, I have a whole question, series of questions about that moment. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about it now or do you want to talk about it as we like get through the episode more? Well, I wanted to talk about one thing. You mentioned the tomb of the daughter when he goes and lays her to rest with the mm-hmm. knife, 
or the blade or whatever. Yes. Did you notice all the glowing diamonds that were in that area? Mm -hmm. It was like a field of glowing diamonds, the same like diamond thing that hang that well hovers above the temple, the main yeah. monastery. The kyber crystals or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did they not look, because they had a slight greenish tint, did they not look like the glowing diamonds that hover above a sim from the sim, like the sims, the game? <laughs> I've never played the sims. You've never played the sims? They have those glowing green diamonds above their head? I have not. Same I've shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same show. It's like, this is all a simulation. That's what Mortis this is. Mortis is all a sim. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there was just a... As a gamer, I picked up on the sim. That's really funny. Whether it was intentional or not, I was just like, those look like the same things that hover over the heads of the sims. Anyway. But then, as they as he emerges from the tomb, there's two moons. Did you mm -hmm. catch the two moons? I did. What do you make of that? I don't know, because Mortis is a self-contained entity. It doesn't have yes. sun or moons, so... But I do wonder if Anakin's there and his force... Like, does it bend a little bit or take on the influence of the people that are on there? So, like, could it be the darker su two sons of Tatooine? Or am I reaching here? I don't know. I The thought crossed my mind as well, that the parallels between the twin suns and then the twin moons perhaps it has to do with the twin children like the sun that and the too daughter. like the balance of the daughter and the son it's so interesting you say that though because when anakin is he walks up to the father they have their conversation and then the father says you know go and seek the answer darkness has no hold here in this part of the planet like where the yes. daughter is buried and it yes. kind of made me think that like if there, so there's the, the dark side well, over by the mm -hmm. sun's house, I guess. Yeah, and then, we'll, we'll say <laughs> whatever the hell it is. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> the daughter is buried in this part of the planet that's all like aligned with the light side of the force. So it made me think that like it's not the people, like it's not the sun and the daughter who are evil and good they are like the physical manifestation of what the force is doing in those areas yes which is kind of what the father said in the first one he said that that they take on whatever form you know of the force energy they're around they adopt that form so it's just kind of like you can relate to them because they're in like a human form but really they're kind of just like what's the word I'm looking for? What is the word when you add like human traits to something that's not a human? Oh, like you personify something? Yeah. They're the personification of force energy. Well, I don't, my question was, he said darkness has no hold here. Do, but doesn't it? Because the sun exists and the sun I, yeah. is the personification of the dark side. So, I think he just meant in this, like, vicinity. Oh, like in that immediate vicinity. Yeah, okay. like around well, her tomb. But then, okay, so this leads to the whole part with Qui-Gon, which... Yes. I just have so many questions about it. Like, I, I even wrote down Qui-Gon's lines, kind of one at a time. Mm-hmm. I just... It was like he was not giving real answers. So I was like, okay, there's got to be some implication here, right? And he says, do you believe you are the chosen one? 
kind of like implying that belief is more important than knowing something like through logic or facts, right? Which mm-hmm. then kind of ties mm-hmm. into Qui-Gon's whole, your focus determines your reality. Right? Yes. Yes, correct. I don't get it. He says, you will bring balance to the Force. He believes that Anakin will bring balance to the Force, that he will face his demons and save the universe. Mm-hmm. It's like, does that mean he knows Anakin's future? It sure sounds like it, because... Vader does face his demons and right. saves the galaxy. And then he sends him to the well of darkness where he yeah. sees a vision of himself in the future. And then it's like the, I, the more into this episode I got, the more I felt like it kind of just led in a giant circle, a discussion about fate. Yes, absolutely. That it can't be controlled. It's not. It's the whole Oedipus story yes. right where yes. like he was told he was going to kill his father so he's like i don't want to kill my father i'm going to get as far away from here as possible and by doing that he ended up killing his father you know it was like yes that's it's like the same thing with anakin he's like he sees his future so i'm not going to do that which is what causes and creates his future it's like yes the more you meddle with fate the more you make that thing happen for certain well it goes back to the main quote you know he who seeks to control fate shall never find peace. So, I mean, mm-hmm. none of them are at peace with any of this. Yeah. Especially Anakin. Anakin, I would be so confused if I was him. Yeah. Can you imagine hearing all of this in a span of, we'll say, three days, mm-hmm. just because there's three episodes? Maybe it's a day. Maybe all of this happens in a day. Who knows? But, like, can you imagine just being pummeled with all of this? And he's still only, like, what, 20-some years old? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. really heavy shit. It is a lot. I did notice that Qui-Gon said, remember your training, Anakin, which is yeah. what Obi-Wan says to Luke in Empire Strikes Back. Remember your training, Luke. You know, as Luke is running off to, like, basically seal his fate. Yeah. As a Jedi. Or yeah. Jedi in training. I did, again, it's like, but what does that mean? <laughs> I don't, I... What do you mean, remember my training? Like, which part of my training? Yeah, which part of the... Uh, doesn't Anakin say? What does that mean? I mean, Anakin straight up says, like, I need some fucking clarification here, and nobody's yeah. giving it to him. No. And he, he says, like, do I do I leave, or do I stay and kill the sun? And Qui-Gon says, neither. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, right? He says, look deeper. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? So I was thinking, like, yeah. okay, Anakin's giving it a black or white, like an either or. I'm either going to go or I'm going to stay. And if I stay, I have to kill him. So it's like, does that mean he should be looking for neutrality or, like, compassion for someone on the dark side? Like, Well, to be completely honest, with the son doing all of his shenanigans, Anakin doesn't have time to go deeper because there's too much shit in motion. It's really true. That they're reacting to constantly that it prevents, like, any meditative, you know, soul searching. And he says, like, there's a well for the dark side. You have to go there. So Qui-Gon sends him there saying, go deeper. And what he does is he goes there. And yes, like, he sees the depth of, like, what could happen. But it's the exact thing the son wants so that he can manipulate Anakin. So I, I was just like, I don't understand. Everyone's saying that these things are in conflict while the story is saying, like... It, it almost made me wonder if, like, the father had created the image of Qui-Gon to make Anakin go to the Dark Well to, like, manipulate his own son somehow. 
I actually thought that it was the son manipulating the image of Qui-Gon. Very well could have been. But the father said dark side didn't have a hold yeah, that's on true. that part of the play. That's so, true. Again, it's just like, oh, none of it makes sense. <laughs> the, the father is the one to blame here. I blame all of this on him. And to be honest, so does Obi-Wan. When, he sh- when, when the father shows up at the ship, uh, Obi-Wan is rightfully annoyed because the father says, Obi-Wan asks him, what have you done? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've done nothing. Yeah. Except he just told Anakin... uh, Fucking lie. Yeah. He just told Anakin at the tomb of the daughter, I've I've done all of this horribleness and now I have to go kill my son because of it. Like, he told Anakin, he admitted to Anakin that he fucked up. Then he stands there and tells Obi-Wan, I've done nothing. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Because he knows Obi-Wan's the one who can meddle... He's the one that can yes. turn the tide for Anakin. And he needs Anakin to be with the son in order to manipulate that whole situation. Yes. The whole fucking so thing true. is manipulation. Well, and he keeps saying, he says to Obi-Wan that I'm letting the will of the force cop out. It, well, and it's like, but you don't because Anakin goes to the son. We all know what's going to happen if they're hanging out. Just the two of them. It's going Just to be the bad. Two of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We can make it if we try. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you and I. So. Well, and then when Anakin interacts with the father again, the father's like, oh, you've seen things you shouldn't have seen. I'm going to take your memories away. It's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? And again, taking the memories away is not letting the force run its course. That's the truth. That's, but I, I have a theory about this. So, so let's just get to it. The montage of everything that Anakin does as Darth Vader. Killing younglings. uh, The battle with Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan. Betraying Padme, basically. Blowing up Alderaan. I mean, everything is shown in this Mm -hmm. montage of amazing visuals. And Anakin is there like, I don't want to look. I can't look. And then he falls to his knees and says... I will do such horrible things. And his voice is so broken. Kudos to Matt Lanter. Yeah. For that uh, emotion. Like, I will do such horrible things. Like, it brought tears to my eyes. It's so moving. It really is. And, like, the way he screams no at the end as the Vader image appears, that, it just, like, sent chills up my spine. Dun, dun, dun. And the <laughs> you know the music is playing as Vader you know like you said yes. it's so so good and that was the minute that my jaw dropped and said holy fuck they went there like this is awesome yeah that a part of Anakin saw what actually happens it's insane like yeah it's beautiful and. The son says to him, destroy this emperor in your dreams. So it's interesting that that's the phrasing because, I mean, at the end, Darth Vader does end the emperor. But at Mm -hmm. this point, Anakin's friends with Palpatine. Like, he loves Palpatine. He's not an emperor. Yeah. It's a... Yet. The Jedi know there's a Sith Lord... Yeah. And Anakin knows the Chancellor, and the son tells him about this emperor in your dreams. It's just like, yeah. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's really, really big. 
and and so the son says join me or whatever and the question anakin asks is it stuck with me because i believe it's the same question he believed when he knelt in front of palpatine and became darth vader and the question is will we bring peace mm-hmm. and basically when anakin becomes darth vader He's doing it believing that if he does this, he can save Padme and the Clone Wars, do all this good if he just buys into this for a few minutes, but mm. it becomes a lifelong yeah. prison. It's basically a sacrifice that he would be making without really understanding what he's giving up to do it. Yeah. So he goes into it with this, like, will we bring peace? He thinks that if this is the way to do it, I got to do it. But he's completely misled and manipulated. Yeah, it was interesting because the son made it seem to Anakin like he was giving him a choice. Like, the choice is yours now. I'm going to show you the truth, and now Mm -hmm. you can decide. It was almost exactly the same technique that Palpatine used on him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you what you could have, what you can protect, if only you would just buy into this dark side. And so, and you know it because when Obi-Wan shows up, the son turns to him after Anakin leaves and says, he's mine now. Yeah, and that was, first of all, (laughs) Sam Witwer's voice (laughs) is so fucking flawless. Yeah. It's masterful at this point. And the way he says, he's mine now. Mm -hmm. Like, too bad so sad yeah bye bye it's, it's like he's he's possessed he's owned he's a slave it's not like he's free and he's making this choice it's like no he's saying to obi-wan behind the scenes like oh yeah i played the game better than you yeah exactly and here's the thing they don't show us how anakin turned i know i was thinking that i was like i kind of wish we had gotten that scene <laughs> like did he get bitten like <laughs> If he did, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that too. Like, how did that go down? We we are we are not told, we are not shown. So that's a question I have. Yeah. Um. Did you notice that the son's, what is that? His palace, like where where this takes place. This the well of darkness, the cavern. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of an inverse of Mustafar. Oh yeah. The lava is moving upward instead of downward. And, like, it's down in a cave instead of a giant castle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of the inverse of what Mustafar and, and Vader's castle is on Mustafar, which I thought, if that's what they went for, that's cool. Yeah. But did you see the giant symbol on the platform where he lands? Yes, I did. I actually paused it. It's throughout the entire episode. It's on yeah. the tomb door. It's... uh. It's at the end in the arena, basically, again, it's like a shadow over top of a symbol. What is all of that? Is that just the sun and the daughter's symbols intertwined? Yeah. So the sun's is the pointy cross bit, and the daughter's is the circular, like, center bit. Okay. And the sun's symbol is the one that eventually, well, it might even have been at this point, the symbol of the Sith, the, like, general Sith That's right. I remember you saying that in the the first one of these. Yeah. Well, I noticed when they show Anakin first entering the volcano or whatever and like going down into it and they showed the center circle from above it looked like a crescent moon of lava with the little island with the symbol in the center of it which i thought was yeah. really cool it just looked like i even drew it 
don't know if you can oh. see. Like, oh, that's very nice. Oh, that's listen. I'm looking at her drawing. It's very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Well, but like, a well done sketch. It just it looks like a crescent moon with a star, which I thought was kind of like interesting choice. A lava moon. <laughs> well, there's a lot of celestial things, and yeah, I also noticed something later in the episode, rather celestial, and uh, uh, we'll get to that because okay. I know you're all you you love all things celestial. So. Dude, I I was even. Even if it's a tomb, I don't care. I'd live in that sister's house <laughs> because the twin moons is like totally my thing. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, yeah. if you have nothing to do there all day and you, you, you're you one of two other people on that planet or entity or whatever, I'd sit there and stare at the moons too. Yeah, for a long time. Long time. Every and day. eternity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, I love, I love that scene though because once Obi-Wan shows up, yeah. But everything is so sad. He barely, like, and it happens really fast. Like, he shows up. He's like, are you okay? And Anakin's like, you won't understand what I'm going to do. You're going to like, you're not going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> and he does the thing where he, like, walks up with his head down and, like, opens his eyes and they're all, mm-hmm. like, red and Sith-like, which is. Mm-hmm. So Anakin's memories are wiped, but Obi-Wan's aren't. You are bringing up the very point I wanted to bring up. Obi-Wan has to remember this when they get to their duel in Revenge of the Sith, right? That's what I was... Yes. Yeah. Which is, again, fucking poor Obi-Wan has pain and pain and more pain. You know he's thinking of this. You know he is. That he's seen this once before. Yeah, I know. Hit me, and and to like probably replay that in his mind. I do wonder if they'll make any references to Mortis in the Kenobi series because it was such like a pivotal moment for everybody. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah, it's crazy shit. It, it's real. <laughs> it's I mean, crazy shit. Think about that when you're battling your best friend and your and your brother. That like somewhere in your past, we've been here before. Mm-hmm. You know, only this time it's real. <laughs> like, it stays. It yeah. lasts. And this is why when people ask me on Tumblr and, and such, like, if only Qui-Gon had raised Anakin, things could have been better. And it's like, no. And this whole arc explains. It's because Anakin had a destiny and it was to fall. Yes. Like, Yes, there was no, no matter other way. What and the father says it's so like the last lines of the episode. Oh, like, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is what is supposed to happen, and meddling with it isn't going to stop that, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because for a person to truly bring balance and like understand balance, he has had to be both light and dark. Yes. And yes. Then he, when he's redeemed, he's a blend of the two. He's not a perfect Jedi when he's redeemed. Anakin could never be. He's just not Mm-mm. that way. Mm-mm. But he is, like, balanced because he is both light and dark. That I just, like, that's basically the big takeaway I have from this episode is that they're trying to argue that nothing you do is going to stop Anakin Skywalker from falling. No. And nothing is going to stop his son from being the catalyst to redeem, to help his redemption arc happen. Yeah. And that's actually beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, 
truly beautiful. And and what's what was interesting to me is when the father sees Anakin, sees that the son has turned him or has persuaded him to turn. He says, if there is to be balance, what you've seen must be forgotten, right? And then he does the finger thing and like mm-hmm. he, he passes out, he wipes his memory. And and the father like Anakin wakes up and is like, I don't remember what happened. I don't remember anything. And the father says, we shall never know. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because even the father's a little bit unsure if any of it might stick. And I'm curious too, did Anakin ever feel like an internal, like this seems familiar to me or like, like a, like a pull or an internal tug that, you know, like, you know, you like deja vu, like, like, you know, you've been here, but you can't place why, or you know that this has happened, but you don't remember why or when. Yeah. When it's like, he could have learned so much from all this and maybe like made different choices, but, and the father says something else too, when he first sees Anakin and he's turned, he says, Mm -hmm. what did he show you? And he said, I saw what I became. And he's like, and that's why you turned for like the possibility of what the future might hold. He's like, your future's not written in stone. Right. Except but it is, though. Exactly. Because then you the see, whole thing. Like, the whole point is that it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the whole thing with fate, though. Like, once you start getting into fate and believing in destiny, it starts to, like, m- show you that no matter what the character decides or chooses or what, it literally is then a predestined decision. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why I find fate very difficult to participate in or like even write because then it's just like you lose total control over the character in that sense but it's like it's an interesting subject to kind of dip into it's very heavy though once you start like these episodes show once you start dealing with fate and predestined like future then Mm -hmm. you're kind of like stuck on a track yes yeah but I did notice, as the father and Anakin are having this discussion, above them is a constellation. And this is the celestial thing I was hinting at. Ooh. It's a loth wolf. And it's very rebels reminiscent of, like, the world between worlds. It's it's like the circular loth wolf. If you remember that. Oh, my that, God, yes. The, the circle of loth wolves. Yeah. Constellation. It's right above the father's head. Holy shit. And <laughs> I I'm did just not like, notice that. This is straight out of fucking Rebels. And like, not that it came from Rebels because Clone Wars happened first. But I mean, Filoni had to have like gone back through or had memories of this or or oh. had it written down like, I want this to appear again and this has meaning. It's literally the same exact Loth Wolf circle, but uh, just a piece of it. So are they in the world between worlds? That's my ultimate question. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Are they in some tunnel? Because there's other imagery of this in the monastery where the father sits. All of those circles are like the tunnels or the, the portals. Yeah, the portals. Oh my God. What, what? You're like blowing my fucking mind. I just have more questions for Filoni about like the tie-in. Because 
you know, there's a lot of connection between these two series. Dude, I'm not even like breathing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and look at that scene. It's only for a second, but there's a fucking Lothwolf right to the right of his, the father's head, like coming into the scene. You're so right because like all those scales or whatever along the pathway, they could be just portals to other possible futures. Oh my God. (laughs) So, and the father also mentions that the son bent time. Yeah, he said he broke the laws of time. He broke the laws of time to show Anakin this shit. So does that mean he took him, you know, apart into a port? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. (laughs) Holy shit. You just took the most complex Clone Wars episode and made it even more complex. Well, only because, (laughs) only because of Rebels. Watching it the first time without seeing any Rebel episode would have never, never obviously crossed my mind because, like, the world between worlds didn't exist. Yeah. We didn't have a Loth Wolf anywhere. We didn't have a constellation. We didn't have a balance. We didn't have any of this. But if you go back and look, there's absolute certain connections between the two. And I actually really like that. Well, knowing Filoni, he planned it that way all along. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing Without him, he made a backstory for Mortis. Yes. And just kept it there, never knowing if he'd need it again. And then knew it was the right time to bring it out in Rebels and use it. Knowing him, because holy shit. Well, you know, he sketches. He sketches all this stuff. So he probably yeah. had pages of art and things that he wanted to include. And I bet you any money, those constellations, the Loth, the Lothwolves, the, the portals, all of that kind of otherworldly stuff it had to be there. Well, and, like, the Lothwolves are also really important with Kanan. And, like, remember the how they, they take Ezra and, like, transport him yes. through the planet or something to yes. a safer area. Yeah, so their connections. Yeah, there's clearly at, some, like, the force. they can, like, break through time and space. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love all of it. I do, too. This is amazing. It's fucking brilliant. And we didn't even get to the final scene of this episode, which is... One of the most beautiful scenes in all of Star Wars. Yeah. I, I mean, in all of Star Wars. It's so devastating. Sam Witwer, again, outdoes himself himself with his voice. Mm-hmm. In those final moments, we got nods to the original trilogy. We got nods to the prequels in this with the quote, I always knew there was good in you. Mm-hmm. When the father says it to the son. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, so there's a son and father, there's a death, it's the same thing with Luke and Vader, there's a death, Luke always knew there was good in him, Padme always knew there was good in him, it's very sad. Yeah. You know, because the father kills himself, to take the power away from his son, because they're connected, and then good old Anakin stabs him in the back like good old Anakin always does. <laughs> you need someone to stab you in the back, Anakin's there. But... Anakin's your guy. And so really, the entire fucking family dies. All because Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin ended up on the planet. Terrible. <laughs> but that's not the beautiful part. That's just what precedes it. The beautiful part is the father's final words to Anakin. And the imagery mm-hmm. of Anakin's face... In that this, the animation is top notch. The music is beautiful. Just Anakin's expression for an animation is beautiful. Beautiful. The father says, 
You have brought balance to this world. Stay on this path and you will do it again for the galaxy, but beware your heart. And then he passes away. And literally, that's the end of Mortis. And the three end up on their ship like it never happened. And they remember that they were there, but, you know. Yeah, they sure bounce back from it real quick. Like when Anakin yeah. is talking to Rex and it's like, oh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Ha ha ha, exactly. here we come. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. dude, I'd be thinking about this for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wonder if some of the heaviness was, rep- was was taken from them as soon as they got out of there. And it just felt like a weird experience yeah, that like some sort of weird dream. That was weird. Yeah. But those words. Oh, my God. They I literally I you know how many times we've watched this. I've seen it a hundred yes. times. It's it yes. brought it always brings a tear to my eye. Same. Because it's it's the betrayal of it. Because you the father stabs himself and the son suddenly lets his guard down and is like, What have you done? Like I don't you can't die. Don't don't leave me here. Please don't leave me here. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I the father says, I always knew there was good in you, and pulls the son close and then looks at Anakin. It's like he uses love to trap his son. It, it's it, to like trap his son to kill him it's so Mm -hmm. and the son dies saying so you have betrayed me yeah it's 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 terrible it is such a heavy family ever (laughs) (laughs) what was it all for basically so anakin could just suffer i don't know because like he basically he's he, he they've removed the memories he has of mm-hmm. of his future so he just says stay on this path and you'll do it again it's like okay well he's coming away with no knowledge now Mm-mm. what path what was the right path he had questions about all of it and no none of those questions were answered oh god <laughs> i i just the part about but beware your heart oh my god i know i know it's his downfall uh-huh but it's what brings him back, his love for Luke. Yeah. So it's kind of a, dare I say, double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> because his love for his wife is what makes him Darth, I mean, that's what his downfall, he becomes Darth Vader. But his love for his son is what brings him back to being Anakin Skywalker. It is the balance of the light and the dark. Maybe he's learned the difference between love and possession. Yes. Because Good point. Padme is an obsession. And yes. he can't bear the thought of losing her. And Luke, standing in front of his father, shows that he would rather die mm-hmm. and give up his life and, you know, sacrifice the love that he has for the people in his life for the right thing. Yes. And it's like to see a person who's not afraid to die, maybe is not even, it's not even like a lack of fear, you know, it's just the courage of like facing his own death. Yeah. And Anakin like couldn't bear to let go of that. And now he's seeing right here an example of it and like realizing that it's actually very freeing to be that way. And like the difference between loving a person and possessing and not being able to let go of a person. Yes. So maybe that's like the difference there. Yoda did say... Train yourself to let go of everything you fear of losing. Yeah. Which Anakin never, never was able to do. 
That's really hard for humans. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Because the more you love someone or want something or you you want to cling to it as tight as possible because you think that's how you keep that. But yeah. that's not it. It's the letting go. Yeah, because you can't, you technically cannot keep anything. Nope. Not anyone. Not anything. You can't control any situation. You can do things to make it, you know, work more in your favor. But the ultimate outcome is not yours. You you certainly can't control any person. You no. can't. You cannot um, control a person. Just only yourself. That's like basically all you've got control over is your own, you know, reaction. It's the comparison I heard one time. Like, you want... It's a beautiful rose. And you want it so bad. And you grip it so tightly that you bleed. And the only way you can enjoy it is if you let go of it so that you no longer bleed. Interesting. Right? That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. I heard it in a meditation once. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It's a perfect example. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, when the father says, beware your heart, I also thought of Obi-Wan. Absolutely. Because he's so blinded by what he wouldn't maybe admit consciously, but his attachment to Anakin, that he is kind of blinded by Anakin starting to go down uh, uh, the wrong path and he just kind of doesn't see it. (laughs) Yeah. Which you see very clearly in Attack of the Clones. Right. (laughs) I was watching it once with somebody and they were like, Obi-Wan's laying on the ground injured, you know, after the battle with Dooku and they're like, he's just going to get up, isn't he, as soon as the duel's over? And he does. He, like, gets up and he starts to walk away. And then Padme runs into Anakin's arms. Oh, yeah. And the person I was watching it was, they were like, it's happening, like, right in front of them. It's like he's willfully just not looking at it. No, no. He's <laughs> he's pretending it doesn't exist for his own well-being, yeah. his own mental stability. Like, yeah. yeah. If what you don't see, you don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about, like. Exactly. <laughs> It's really true, though. Yeah. I mean, shit. It's a beautiful episode. Everything. The imagery, the animation, the music, everyone's vocal performances. the Even the snarky lines mm-hmm. are perfect. Like, every character individually is... This whole arc is just pure art. It is. It's very deep storytelling, and it's one of the few... Clone Wars arcs that doesn't have a battle sequence where they're always like shouting at each other right. over the combat. It's like you hear even interactions between Ahsoka and Obi-Wan that you don't normally hear because mm-hmm. they're kind of like more relaxed, not relaxed, but like a little more like normal, personal talking to each other where he like yeah. wakes her up from a nap and hands her a glass of something to drink and is like, this yeah. will help. You know, it's like, yeah, th- how nice is that? I thought I, that was really nice. They added that he gave her a coffee or a monster drink or something like <laughs> yeah. the galactical equivalent of a Red Bull. Like, <laughs> here you go. Drink this. It's a shot of vodka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Those moments were actually really different. You don't see a lot of that in the Clone Wars. So it was a weird... They were like cloistered in this world where their interactions were more fraught, like definitely more emotional and more meaningful, but also smaller and more personal in a way that you don't see in some of the other episodes. So it was just like 
such a beautiful arc and it's so goddamn painful i never am in the mood to watch it sometimes you know it's like hard to get in the mood to watch it because of the way it ends and you're just like yeah and now i'm gonna cry (laughs) i mean how many times do we have to say this about star wars (laughs) It's, it's so good though all right turning this over to you all what is your favorite scene in the entire mortis arc is there one scene that stands out to you that you got to tell us because we would love to know yeah it's there are many to choose from (laughs) yeah there are plenty if you can narrow it down let us know yes All right, and join us back here next week. We're jumping back into some Obi-Wan. <laughs> Woohoo! Our favorite subject. We're going to break down the top five things we want to see in the Kenobi series. Yes, I, I can't wait to make this list. I have to think about this. I have to ponder this. Yeah, because we have, I'm sure, I'm sure we have more than five. So we're going to have to like really, well, <laughs> really focus in. Of course. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and keep it to five. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be surprised if we end up with some honorable mentions, but we only have so many minutes to squeeze it this in. This is true. This is true. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to rate us on Spotify and Apple, please. Plus, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my dearest space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>